We have an all-girls show for you today. We're talking about what it means to be a biblical woman in this hashtag MeToo feminist mommy blogger generation that we're living in. I have an awesome special guest, so let's get into it. Welcome into the Harvest Friends. I am Abigail and we are having an all girls show today and I'm pretty pumped about it. I have my friend Kim on the line, but first, if you are new to this Into the Harvest channel, know that we are here to help those who want to be a disciple and make disciples in the everyday places of life here in the 21st century. So if you want more tools and tricks on how to do that, then just click on the little bell if you're on YouTube and click on the subscribe button if you're anywhere else and we will be back in the future. But today I have my friend Kim on the line. Hey Kim. Hey Abigail. Thanks Hi. for having me. Oh my goodness. You guys, I am super pumped that Kim said yes to doing the show <laughs> with me today. Um, as you can see, uh, the usual Andrew Lakeith uh, contingent are not here because we're going to be talking about being a biblical woman in today's world. Uh, it is a crazy world indeed, and we hope that we can bring maybe some biblical sanity to the picture. But when I was thinking about this topic, um, I immediately thought of Kim. She uh, was in our church here in San Antonio. Like, when did we meet Kim? Uh, 2018. Okay. okay. Yeah. Maybe a That's couple years. Yeah, year and so and a half. couple years. years. And years even then, your reputation preceded you. Uh, we, I knew that you were, you know, a woman on mission. You were working out in the nations, um, and then you came back to the states. And even now, as you are currently here in the states, uh, your heart is still for the nations, and you're constantly reminding the rest of us of that, which is really important. And I've always been really inspired just by you and just as a friend. And I thought who do I want to have a chat about ladies with? It was you. Oh, well, thank <laughs> you for saying that. <laughs> yes. I'm so, glad to be here. I'm glad you're here. So we're just going to talk about this, right? Um, when I was thinking about this topic, I definitely started to sweat because I just was thinking of really just all the things in current culture that are speaking to us and speaking to maybe what we should believe about women, our roles, um, what we shouldn't be doing, what we should be doing. And it's definitely a confusing place when you say. Very confusing. <laughs> yeah. I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> but we do think that this is important um, because as you know, followers of Jesus, we want to see what he says about being a woman and being a disciple of his. Um, so. When you were thinking, when I sprung this on you, not very many days ago. <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, what was like the first thing that came to mind on this topic? Like what kind of hits you as we get into it? Like, why is this important to you? Why did you say yes? Why did I say yes? Yeah, I said yes because, um, I mean, as a woman, it definitely is a topic that gets talked about a lot, like in our culture and then even in the church and then just experiencing growing up, I grew up in the church uh, and then even now in, in ministry, 
um, just a lot of like tension or confusion and trying to navigate what does it look like to be a, a woman of God and how does that look tangibly and um, just understanding my own value and identity actually has been really important in that journey. So I would love to help other people in any way that I can, Holy Spirit speaking through me to just um, really point people back to what does the Bible say? What does Jesus say? And who are we as women? Yeah, yeah I know. I, um, so there were a couple of things. Um, first, a lot of people in, in Christian cir- circles will be like, are you a feminist? And I don't even mm. really know what that means. Um, so <laughs> we won't be talking about that today. Um, I also don't know about the Me Too movement. Um, I also, so I'm just going to go ahead and like list the things I don't know about. We don't know what we're talking about, basically. <laughs> no, we on? do. Okay. We, do. Just we just don't know about like the hot topics is what I like. So if you're listening to this and you want our opinions on those things, we're really sorry. But we do <laughs> promise... <laughs> That we will talk about the Bible for sure. And maybe just our own experiences. Um, You and I are in in different seasons of life. Um, I have been married for 13 years. We had our anniversary two weeks ago. So it's pretty exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks. You know, lucky 13 in the year 2020 seemed really right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I have three kids that are like very much in the home 24 seven being cared for stage of life. And, and Kim, you were single. So you are rocking the single lady life, which I love. I love my single ladies. So we are going to hopefully talk about that and maybe what the Lord has taught us in our various seasons of life. Um, but first let's maybe get into, um, maybe our own personal experiences. What has kind of taught us good or bad about being a woman and being a Christian woman for sure. So we'll start with you, Kim. So you said you were brought up in a Christian home, but kind of what sort of spoke to you or like helped you um, kind of identify what you thought you should be maybe when you were younger? Yeah. Um, So I actually, I mean, I grew up in a great home. I had two brothers, so no sisters. So I didn't have any like a sibling model for like <laughs> looking to, you know, what does it look like to be a woman as I grew up? Yeah. And, but uh, the denomination that I grew up in actually was pretty, um, I would say, I wouldn't say liberal on like a crazy extreme side, but uh, way more open-handed and like really bad of women in leadership and roles. So that actually was a really positive influence for me. I didn't grow up with an understanding of, um, limitations as far as like being involved in the church. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that was really a positive thing. However, I would say that I didn't really, um, see a lot of people talking about, um, and like celebrating the, the uniqueness I would say of a woman. So I would say the denomination actually went from my understanding biblically right now, a little bit, um, on the liberal side of where I would say like what roles women could have uh, or should have like in the family of God. So that's kind of like a tension of looking at from the church perspective. Yeah. So experience, if that makes sense. Yeah. So would you say your pendulum swung then? So you were in a pretty liberal environment, but that Mm -hmm. kind of gave you some freedom probably more than a more conservative. 
definitely gave me freedom. Yeah, for sure. So, um, but I did have to kind of swing back. I just looking at the Bible and see like, what, what does it look like? Um, I would say culturally I had a lot of influences just growing up, you know, media teenage years, uh, that were definitely focused on, you know, relationships, getting married, even within the church, like, uh, okay. A woman is going to grow up and their role is to find their husband or get married. And so there was a lot of focus on the identity um, mm. as, as that, that being like the life goal, if that makes sense. Right. So, sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I had a pretty similar experience in the sense that I grew up in a Christian home. Um, I, <laughs> along those lines, probably the earliest and most important in quotes lesson that I received from my father was he would just say this all the time. Like literally he would be driving on the road and he would like turn to us and say, what is the most important thing about the man you're going to marry? And then my sister and I would have to quote back to him that he loves Jesus more than he loves us. And we would have to say it just like that. Wow. Probably we didn't have to, but I know, I know. (laughs) There you go. So talk about a like strong, like molding of my little psyche, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I I guess it went without saying that I was going to get married, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that was kind of what that statement said. It didn't even not mention what I would be like if there was no husband figure. So um, I didn't really think about what that meant until much, much later. But mm-hmm. on the, on the flip side, I grew up with many, many books about, uh, women missionaries mm-hmm. and looking back, like all my favorites, none of them were married. Like Amy Carmichael, not married. Corey oh. Timboon, not married. Like, I mean, just the list goes on and on. Um, and so I think I was, I was definitely built up really well with like strong women of God who, you know, had men in their lives and, you know, authority over them, but they were like after what God was telling them to do. So that was a good, good foundation to stand on. Um, So I, I, I'm grateful for that. And I, to be perfectly honest with you, I, um, when I met Brett's, and I knew that we were going to get married. I was pretty mad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Brett. <laughs> I know. He's going to definitely listen to this. Sorry, babe. He knows this. This is no, he definitely knows. It's a story. redemptive story. Yes, sure. it is. Yeah. Cause I definitely went through that 13 years ago. Um, yeah. But I was, I was, I felt so strongly about like my calling and like who I was as, you know, a follower of Jesus alone by myself <laughs> that I was kind of like, what? Really? Like I was such a good single girl, but God had different plans for me. Um, anyway, I don't know why I took that little detour there, but it was just, <laughs> That's <laughs> just awesome. showing you that my parents clearly did a good job of, um, being, uh, raising strong, strong girls. Yeah. Um, so as you, as you grew up, like, I mean, we both, both of us growing up, we had the media, we had like secular voices speaking to us. Did that influence you much at all? Or was it that just kind of like noise in the background? Yeah, uh, I think it definitely influenced me as far as, uh, I mean, I'm going to think the 
the thing that comes to my head right now to talk about is like body image stuff. So like, again, like, uh, my identities and how I look, um, you know, if I'm that for sure in teenage years was like, you know, you're looking to find your identity, but that is something that I've seen even across the world. Um, that is very much influenced. Like our value is in, you know, our beauty or, um, so not just the whole, if you're married or not have children, which is another thing. Um, I think, yeah, I, I don't think personally it was like huge as far as like, I'm in a storm of the pop culture, um, just because of my story, how it went uh, and, and the Lord calling me to go overseas mm-hmm. at a young age and to follow him. And, um, but I definitely struggled with that. So I struggled with trying to fit in and trying to like figure out, especially the body image thing, like yeah. my value in how I look and what does that affect, you know? Um, yeah. Will that affect if I get married or if people like me or like, I mean, it can be, and that stuff for sure in media and TV shows. And I mean, mm-hmm. it did influence me. So yeah. I, what about I, you? I agree. I mean, I for sure ha- had similar, you know, what we were supposed to be like, Um, but it was, it was very much of an us and them situation. So like the, the sexy magazine covers or something didn't really like impact me. If anything, I think I was ultra concerned about like being, um, uh, what's the word? Like just, um, like looking pure and like being, like being very modest was really like just almost a fear like Mm -hmm. if I wasn't modest enough, you know, like I needed to wear like a sack or something. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like maybe a sack would have been easier. I don't know. So (laughs) so I think it took um, maybe just maturity, but just having to sort of realize that those were strong fears and fear is not from the Lord. Like, you know, just mm-hmm. loving my brothers well and, you know, trying to be modest and, um, and then just at, at, to, there was a certain point where we got into legalist territory. Um, yeah. but I, yeah, for me, that was probably, you know, just mostly my teenage years of just being mm-hmm. like super afraid of like stepping out of line without realizing it or something. Yeah. Um, but that was also like nineties, purity culture, like the purity rings generation. Like that's, that was for sure my generation of all all of that. I I remember that for (laughs) sure. Yeah. So that definitely probably influenced both of us to a certain degree. We may not even realize it of just who we should be as, as, uh, as Christians. And that was probably very much the, the pendulum swing of the feminist movement of like women power and like super sexualized and, you know, going and doing whatever they wanted. Um, so we want to try to find that middle ground of Jesus. (laughs) Hey friends, thanks for watching the show. I wanted to take a quick moment to say, if you're someone who's looking for insights, ideas, and inspiration that will fuel your faith for the 21st century, then make sure you sign up for our weekly newsletter, Harvest Highlights. It's free and it's loaded with resources that will help you be a disciple and make disciples in the everyday places. So make sure you check it out. There's a link in the description of this video. Back to the show. So let's get into maybe some of our personal favorites, um, 
places in scripture that have helped us sort of identify who we are um, as women in Christ and what we think our listeners might be helped by as far as knowing who we are as, as women who follow Jesus in 2020. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, um, I am in the process of writing an article when this airs, it will already be out. So go check out our website right now. Let's hope it's there. It means that I finished. Let's hope it's there. (laughs) (laughs) If it's not there, then say a little prayer for me because something happened. But, um, (laughs) but it was really fun to write because it just, I was really just thinking about the women of the Bible that God clearly chose to be a part of his story. Um, You know, the whole Bible points to to Jesus, but it also gives really great examples, both good and bad, of what it means to follow Jesus. So it was really fun for me to just kind of go through the women of the Bible and just gather up a lot of their characteristics um, that we would want to emulate. Mm. So um, I can share a couple of those with you if you like. Yeah. So I'm going to start with Abigail. Oh, <laughs> let's hear about Abigail. <laughs> I promise it's not because I was named after, her, but <laughs> maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe just a little. <laughs> <laughs> um, the reason I, it really is true. It is because I was named after her, but mostly because I was taught her story as a pretty young child and that it was that she went against, um, her husband. We're not going to say that. We're going to say she went against um, the the word of the day, the culture of the day, what she was being told as a as authority. Um, which in her case, that's her husband, and she went against all of that um, because she had a strong sense of what she was supposed to do, what was right, and I think especially today in modern times, where we are even getting messages from voices that say that they're believers that are heretical. (laughs) Um, And then we get all these other like political messages and this, I mean, it's like the loudest voices ever. I really love this example of being willing to stand up against things that we know are not in line with Jesus. Mm -hmm. So she's pretty cool. And I want to be like her when I go (laughs) You already got the name, so that's good. I know, I'm one step closer. One step, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so I think she's one of the top for me. Do you have any, I mean, it doesn't have to be a woman of the Bible. It can really yeah. just be anything that's kind of helped kind of maybe build who you are in your identity. Yeah. Honestly, the, the first thing I thought about was going back to the beginning, uh, Genesis 1, 27, where it says that like, God created both male and female in the image of God and the likeness of God. And then it continues on to say that, um, you know, be fruitful and multiply and have dominion over the, all, all the earth. And the, the principle that actually male and female, both reflecting the image of God and that we have value and worth in equal, but unique ways um, has been like huge for me to understand as a woman that actually like I can reflect, um, reflect God in a way that a man can't, but together there's this complimentary, again, from the beginning together been given the, uh, the command to go and be fruitful, have dominion. And, and so I think that's been huge for me because, um, you know, there can be a lot of like limiting 
let's see, viewpoints or even like just actions or words that aren't even like intentional, like phrases like, oh, she throws like a girl or whatever. I mean, things like yeah. that. That right. sounds really innocent. I, but I have like, I probably said that at some point in time, you know, to somebody else. Like, um, but just understanding that, okay, like um, as, as a woman, then my value isn't in trying to become like a man. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think you see that right now in our culture, even in the church, trying to like take over, uh, yeah. you know, headship, like a role mm-hmm. that males have been given. Um, I never want to take over that role, but actually how can I step into the role that mm-hmm. is fully mine and uniquely mine as a woman and reflecting God that a man actually can't, but it's, it's together, if that makes yeah. sense. Oh, um, totally. So I think um, that was really the first thing that came to mind because it, influences you know if I'm reading scripture in that way my identity is in mm-hmm. in uh, the fact that God created me and in um in Jesus and so that means that all these scriptures are applying to me and there are unique things about men and women but um, yeah but you're but saying that too right than, yeah. you're yes I am that, saying that that both of those two yeah. I very different Mm-hmm. Um, ways that we've been created are still part of who God is, which is a cool picture to think yeah. about. And so we yeah. shouldn't, yeah, I love that too. You know, when I, so I was also looking at Eve and I went mm-hmm. on a ridiculous rabbit trail. Like, I mean, I went <laughs> down the hole and then I had to come out and be like, whoa, I don't even know. <laughs> I, so I, I was like on this, I looked up the Hebrew roots of in chapter two of Genesis, mm-hmm. where it talks about, um, you know, God may, saying, you know, Adam's not good for you to be alone. I'm going to mm-hmm. make you at this. And so I looked up the Hebrew word. I can't even pronounce it. I won't even pretend to go look it up. If you're listening, um, <laughs> the Hebrew word for kind of that we have interpreted it as, um, helpmate or yeah. um, helper. And so there are like, a bazillion opinions about this one little word. Mm. And so I went down the rabbit hole of like, Oh, what does it mean? Cause this is important to me. Like it's important to know what God really meant when he yeah. said, you know, this, like that you should be a servant. So I went down the rabbit hole, Kim. And then I like, I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> and I decided that that was, that was actually on me. Like that it wasn't supposed to be really clear. It I think if I was trying to like nitpick the words and make, um, prove that it meant something really strong, like there was one whole camp that thought that it meant warrior and that it was like strong. Yeah, seriously. And, um, and I thought, Oh, that's cool. I'd love to be that, you know? And then another that was like, you know, it's submissive to, and it's only a helper. And so I, I really got out of my rabbit hole and I was like, you know, this is what I'm doing here is that's part of the problem. Like I need to just read this as, mm-hmm. you know, the story that it is, the history that it is for us as believers. <laughs> and not like the, I was trying to, to make my identity, you know, I was trying mm-hmm. to, you know, I wanted to be powerful or like a warrior. And when the, the bottom line is that, like you said, you know, we're made in the image of God. Adam was made first. He is the head. He, we're made from Adam. So um, it was, I really got sucked down it, but, um, it wasn't a good thing. <laughs> well, so it's funny you say that. Um, can I, am I allowed to put a little book plug in here? 
always. Okay. We love our book plugs. So a friend of mine recently, yeah, um, recommended this book called Worthy, Celebrating the Value of Women by Elise Fitzpatrick and Eric Schumacher. I think that's how you say mm -hmm. it. Um, and reading that book was really, uh, it was a really great reminder and also like dug into some things that I hadn't really seen before. But the word uh, I think Ezer, Ezer or something See, was the word. Brave. Uh, you're brave. Ezer, you Ezer, whatever you say, yeah, <laughs> um, was that word. But it made the point in, I think, one of the first chapters that you see in the Old Testament, I think it said for women, it's mentioned twice, but for God, it's actually used that same word like 16 times. Yeah. And so, um, but even helper, I mean, I don't know the exact know. definition and you know like we can dig in and trying to figure out what does this exactly mean give yeah. me the black and white whatever mm -hmm. but the fact is uh i think the principle is if okay it wasn't good actually it was not good that man was alone and there needed to be a helper but needing help implies that it's um it it lacks mm -hmm. help it's not complete, right so yeah. yeah it's not complete so like uh and i think often um, that is viewed or help me or whatever word it's viewed as like, Oh, we're coming in as like the minion assistant or something. I don't know. Something like devaluing is right. like, Oh, I'll just, um, you know, go and get my coffee or something like that. But like, if it's a, Oh, actually like, you know, I'm thinking of, if I genuinely need like help, I'm, I'm not complete. This is, this happens all the time, man. I am not administratively gifted. So when I meet someone that is, I'm like, Oh my gosh, how much do I value them? Because I'm incomplete of myself with that. Uh, mm -hmm. And my friend here can help me with some of these administrative stuff. Like there's immense value in that. Um, but you can look at that as, you know, just in the body of Christ, the giftings of the body, parts of the body. Um, yeah. And then um, just one more thing about, so Ephesians 5 also, and I know this is funny because I'm a single woman, but talking about Ephesians 5 where it's talking about marriage and verse uh, 32, where it says, it's a profound mystery because it actually is talking about Christ and the church. Mm -hmm. And that to me, I uh, did a study recently with some women on marriage, but also just identity as, as women. But a lot of it was on marriage, but I, I was able to relate um, in, in a different way. I wasn't able to relate as far as being married on this earth, you know, in that way. But, um, but as part of like the body of Christ, and um, again, even looking at marriage, of a picture of the gospel mm. of Christ loving the church, the head, and like, and even then using you know the Bible, God uses you know the word bride. You know that's a feminine word, right, for, yeah. for the body of Christ. And um, anyway, there's a lot. You should read that book. Uh, it's pretty great. Uh, but also, yeah. just, again, celebrating the value of women, and then looking specifically, like you said, uh, like Abigail or. Esther is one that recently spoke yep. to me a lot. Um, She's great. Because of that struggle of, I think you mentioned with Abigail, but um, like for me personally, okay, like stepping up and, you know, not being silent or speaking up. What does that mm -hmm. look like as a woman? When do I, when do I not? Uh, using the place of influence um, and again, God leading Esther to do that and her faith and courage to, and obedience yeah. to speak up. yeah. Yeah, well, I'm going to definitely put that on my list uh, for sure. I think um, we really do have to view just who we are. God created us as women and that we get to be a part of the gospel, that all of us are part of that gospel story. And 
you know, yours is unique to you, but each of us, we have the things that we struggle with and sin that we had to lay at Jesus' feet. And each of us get to then make him our king and then hopefully like be little pieces of Jesus, like as incomplete and and as not perfect as we are, we are supposed to be the, the dim um, reflection of him. And, and, and that's how he created us to be. So as women, we get to be the, maybe the softer um, or just whatever. I mean, some ladies are not soft at all. Me included. I'm really not. (laughs) But I do think that he has made me uniquely me with my giftings and my, my weirdness. And I I think if we try to, to be something that either the world's telling us or even within Christian culture, like trying to be, like you said, you know, try to take over, be in the, the head role, um, we then really lose out in a huge way. We lose out on a closer relationship with Jesus and we lose out on, on knowing fully ourselves. Uh, so I, so maybe as we wrap up, cause we're kind of running out of time as always, um, we should, let's try to think of some practical tips that we can pass along. So I'm going to ask you specifically, I hate to like Put you in the the spotlight as far as you're not just a single lady. You have so much more <laughs> about you, but you do represent that demographic today. Um, so for you as a single lady, what are maybe some tips, um, some things that you could speak to as part of the body of Christ um, that you would maybe help the other single ladies or help those who aren't single to understand how you fit? Um, what would you like people to know? Yeah, I mean, I think it does all go back to identity. So what, what I'd want other single women to know is just you know who Jesus, who Jesus is and who they were made to be. And that that is um, immensely, like their, their value is in Jesus. Uh, it's not in um, if they're married, if uh, they have kids, uh, if they're single or whatever, that they, um, you know, that, scripture applies to them basically, um, that they can lead, you know, they have influence. And, um, again, just pointing back to Jesus, I think, uh, for like the greater body, uh, I just come back to the concept of like, we are, you know, the family of God. That's one of the, the terms that's used to talk about the church and the greater body of Christ. And so, um, for single women, um, it can be really easy to, since we're not attached to a, a male counterpart, uh, then and if we're yeah, not married or you know, we're not in our father's household anymore, which in our culture that doesn't happen past a certain age, then mm-hmm. um, you know, how do we treat single women as, as sisters or aunts or you know, daughters and really thinking, um, you know, how would we want really ideally in our own families to treat our sisters and daughters and aunts. Uh, and the, but then even more, like how does Christ call us to, to be a family? So we really should, and hopefully um, are growing as a church in our local expressions of church, but even in the greater body of, of loving one another and supporting one another and treating each other as family, including single women, valuing single women, um, you know, asking and using their gifts, seeing their gifts, supporting them in that and the influence they have. Um, that really is different than just say maybe our earthly families and all its dysfunction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So as a single woman, maybe, so let's imagine 
a single lady in a church somewhere uh, and she's feeling kind of overlooked, kind of, mm. you know, just under the rug or um, shoved into a singles Bible study or something. <laughs> what would you, yeah. like, what's your advice for her? Like, how should she kind of begin the process of being like, hey, over here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> um, no, I just threw that one on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a good question. So I really love the idea um, of having conversations with other people in the church that are different than you in different stages of life. Um, so that could be, you know, male or female, uh, but just saying, you know, what are some of the, the challenges in this season uh, mm-hmm. that God has me you know, as a, so for single women, as a single woman, and what are some of the gifts actually, you know, like, because it is a gift. Um, uh, any season of life that we're in, right, is the most sanctifying season for us, and it is a gift for us. And, uh, you know, Paul talks about singleness as a gift. And, and so focusing on both those things, but also listening to the other people as well, so married women and having those conversations. Um, I think reaching out to other single women is really good just to get support because I think we all need people in our similar, like, life stages to just support us, but also to help encourage them to have those conversations, but also like, um, you know, reaching out and having conversations with women that are older than us or, um, you know, further along in their walk, married with children, uh, uh, or other women our age. So Abigail, you'd be my, like my peer age wise around, I think. And, uh, with, you know, with kids and and being a part of, um, of y'all's family, you know, church family, but also getting to come and hang out with y'all when I was in in town. So, um, so yeah. And, um, I think like expressing that, asking for help, um, having those conversations. So it's not black and white and it might not always honestly result in a really positive interaction, but really that's the spirit. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I say that saying like, you know, like continuing to, you know, there's yeah. a lot of grace in this. I think we all have to learn. So I think giving, uh, men grace in that as well or giving other married women grace if we are feeling tension uh, mm-hmm. but being vulnerable enough to really start talking about that um, and like looking at scripture together you know there's a there's actually a really good bible study about called co-workers which I can give that resource to you too if, if you want Abigail you can post it but um, a woman over overseas and think in South Asia wrote it just exploring um, how women in the Bible are really co-workers in the Great Commission and see that. And um, cool. so something to do maybe with other women or men. Yeah. In the church. yeah. Okay. Well, we will, we'll link that for you guys. Okay. And yeah, see, this is why I brought Kim along friends. I, she's got all kinds of good stuff. This <laughs> is the best. I love it. Uh, you always give me such good tips on things to get into. Well, that's good. That's the word. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what's going on in my head half the time. So. Well, me neither, but you've got some good stuff coming out. That's what matters. Yeah. So we, we really do have to wrap it up, friends. I hate that because we really have so much more we could talk about. I want to leave us with um, the verse that came to me. It's not at all about women, but it is about women. It's in Ephesians 2.10, and it says, For we are all God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. 
And that is really what it's all about. So we talked all about women, but in the bottom line, we are children of the most high God and we want to serve him any way we can. So we hope that that's ultimately what you get from this ladies. Um, but we also hope that maybe this encouraged you and whatever season of being a lady you're currently in. So if you have any thoughts about this conversation, things you want to add, books you think we should read, we want to hear all about it. So you can leave us a comment on this video or on Facebook. You can also email us at info at intotheharvest.org. We read all of your emails and we love them. So thanks again for watching this, listening to this, and we'll see you back next week. Kim, thank you so much. This was tons of fun. It was good to You're see your welcome. face. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> this is fun. Well, I hope you can come back again sometime. But until then, everybody see you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for being part of our community. If you find this podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you happen to listen to it. You can share it on social media with your friends. Or you can support it directly by visiting our website, intotheharvest.org, clicking on the donate link, and becoming a monthly giving partner. When you do this, you'll receive a thank you package with some great ITH gear. Thank you for supporting the show and helping our small team make a big difference for Jesus. It's listeners like you that make this ministry possible.